With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to Match Reaction Show. It's uh, finished in preseason Manchester United 2, Aston Villa 2. And you know what? If I was doing this in a regular season game, I would be absolutely, I would absolutely cut it. Because uh, they were 2-0 up and, and the United uh, gave it up to be 2-2. But I think you said this. You said this is the toughest test. Manchester United in this preseason yet, at least the Sterners test yet, and this would be the game to see how they would do, because they, so far they played Liverpool C team, Liverpool's B team, they played the, uh, you know, Melbourne victory, they're not really quite that, uh, you know, good opposition, and then they played Crystal Palace's B team as well, so they had been tested so far, and then in this game comes, and I think we've seen, we've seen what the issues for Manchester United are, there's a lot of issues to go through, and we'll go to them. I think, I think the first thing to say, of course, the first time was a little bit surprising how easily United were playing because uh, you thought Villa would be a little bit more aggressive. They'd probably be a little more proactive. But it almost felt like they were happy to sit back. They were happy to let United dictate play. And uh, United were dictating it pretty well. Um, I, it was a game for two right-wingers, really. I think the first five, the first uh, you know half belonged to United's right-winger, Jaden Sancho. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, the way he was uh, finding space, finding movement. He, he took his goal well. But just beyond the goal as well, I think the way he was kind of uh, running play on that right wing was, was nice to see. Um, he should have had an assist as well. Rashford kind of scuffed it, but then it went, goes in as an own goal from Matty Cash. But overall, I thought United in the first half looked good. Because, looked good. Uh, Fred looked, I mean, they're playing a 4-1-4-1. Which normally, they play a 4-2-3-1, but they're playing a 4-1-4-1 for this game. Uh, so it was Bruno and Donny playing ahead of Fred. Another Fred looked good in that CDM role in the first half. He looked pretty good because he was trying to cut things out. Donny supported him. Would have expected more from Donny, to be honest. I, I thought he was fairly average. I know the pitch conditions were pretty bad. I know uh, there were often times when he was ignored and his, his runs were ignored. But still felt he could have been more involved in the play. Um, but uh, otherwise, I, I thought Bruno was also okay. He had a few bad touches, but he was okay otherwise. Um, and, uh, I mean, that 4 one 4 one what it did was it pushed, it sort of... Um, it kind of took uh, Villa's 4-1-2-1-2 formation because they were playing a diamond. It kind of took it out of, of play because what it essentially meant was that you had, you had two... Um, if you look at the 4-1-2-1-2, it's like it's basically you have three and then you have, you have a narrow formation, right? And so what it meant was that Fred could kind of just mark Coutinho out of the game. And the two forward midfielders were basically op- occupying the two sort of wide central midfielders. So you kind of had an overload of, of in the midfield for Manchester United. So it kind of killed Villa's uh, attacking momentum. And, um, you know, I, I thought Rashford was okay. Again, I think Rashford could have done better, but he just, he was, he played his part for the first goal though. So he did that. I thought it was a great cross from Shaw as well, put it in. But uh, they looked, I mean, United looked in control without necessarily being dominant. Uh, I think in the first half, I think people might have thought they were dominant. They were not dominant. They looked in control throughout that first half and that really helped. And uh, you thought, well, this is this is United. This is the new United. Uh, United, you know, they're, they're controlling things. They're looking good. They're doing well. Maybe this is the way forward. But then the second half comes, and one tactical change that that Gerard made changed the whole game. It was it was changing from a four-one-two-one-two to a four-three-three to a proper four-three-three. Brings on Leon Bailey on that left on that right-hand side, pass facing a winger. The difference is 
Ings and Watkins don't have the pace to run in behind the defense. So what it meant was that Maguire and Lindelof are never going to be troubled for pace. And with Coutinho sort of like marked out, even when he was playing, he wasn't able to play those you know, simple through balls he was playing. So it was always about um, trying to figure out how they were going to break United down from the center, which they couldn't do. But once they got those wingers uh, on, once they got, uh, you know, Bailey on, Buendia on, Bailey's space completely uh, exposed Manchester United's defense for what it really is. And it's absolutely... Sh- and, and again, I said this every time, if you're going to play a high line, you, Maguire and Lindelof just can't play a high line. They can't. You can't have Maguire and Lindelof playing as central defenders if you're going to play, play a high line. Because all it required was for one of the Villa midfielders to just keep picking on Bailey. And all Bailey had to do was run at the defense. Because Shaw was, ex- was completely out of position every time because he was keeping on uh, bombing forward. Um, and Fred is not a CDM. So every time he was trying to cover, it's actually funny because Fred is more left-sided. So he should have, in theory, he should have been covering the left side, his left side pretty easily, but he couldn't. He just couldn't. He was being getting caught out. I mean, he got caught in possession as well by Bailey. And then uh, the goal comes, which it basically came because um, Maguire and Lindelof don't have the pace. So Bailey beat uh, Lindelof for, for I maybe mean, basically Shaw was, was, was out of position. So Bailey had a free run on the left-hand side. Lindelof, because he doesn't have the pace, he didn't want to commit uh, to Bailey, so he kept backing off. And, uh, you know, Maguire couldn't cover, of course, couldn't get back in time to provide the cover. So it's an easy uh, far corner shot that he takes it. It wasn't really, I, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to go in on any one play. I think it's a collective defensive uh, failure. And the reason for the collective defensive failure is because Maguire and Lindelof can't play a high line. They can't. And against any team that has space, which a lot of teams will have once once we get into the regular season, we're going to see a lot of teams that are going to have a lot of pacey players. Um, that 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 defense is going to struggle. It is going to struggle now. Hopefully, Martinez will come and fix that a little bit. But ideally, you would want uh, you know I, I yeah I just I I don't I don't know if if, Maguire, if one defender is going to be able to cover that. So that would be interesting. Um, but that first goal was, was was well worked, and I think it exposed a lot of the issues that Manchester United have. And then the other issue is the issue of squad depth, which I've kept been talking about throughout the species. And as soon as the players have to come out, the first eleven has to come out. Look at the players that are coming on. You've got Alex Sellers coming into, into defensive midfield. You've got um, uh, you know, Van der Saka is still starting at right back. You've got the Hannibal maybe playing as a striker because they've got nobody else. Uh, you know, have you on the front three? They really have nobody else. Uh, Iqbal, I think, is an okay, but he's playing as a you know, he's playing as a number 10, James Garner, who's I, I was surprised actually that Charlie Savage Savage didn't get a game. I, I thought he should have started ahead of maybe, uh, not started, but he should have played ahead of maybe Telles. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what, and I'll come to Telles in a second. But you kind of saw the lack of the trade chomp play on the right, even though he's probably going to be going out alone this season. So that lack of depth was obvious and evident. They still did well to hold out until the end. And I mean, again, towards the end, one and a half minutes gone, you want to see the game out. For some reason, they gave the ball away. Uh, it comes back, uh, and Malasia does well to kick to, to to make it go into a corner. He just kind of felt like they were going to score, and, and then that uh, it was just poor defending. Again, poor marking in the box, and Varan was caught out, Pei was caught caught out, De Gea was just completely, um, you know, he was completely bamboozled because I think they, Villa put a player on him, so he couldn't get past him, and uh, it was a free header in the end. I think it was a free header for two or three Villa players. Actually, one of them could have, any one of them could have probably scored that, and they did score that. Callum Chambers was the one who scores. And it finishes to do so. It's a disappointing game uh, in that in that sense. But I think what it does do is it exposes a lot of the issues that have, that have been you know covered over because of the different performances against weaker teams. I think one of the biggest I mean Teles is is a player right now who looks like he's going to be sold because he's played centre back, he's played CDM. He does not he has not played a single minute I think at left back throughout this preseason. He's played a centre back and he's played as a defensive midfielder because he's not 
He's basically a third choice left back right now, and they're just trying to fit him into the team because they want him to, to play. Basically, they want him sold, but they can't sell him by keeping him on the keeping him on the bench. So they're playing him in these different positions. So at least he gets game time. Um, but he should be sold. He, he has that air of a player who should be sold. Um, Van Bissaka should also be sold. I don't think he was poor. I, the thing is, I, I don't think anyone played badly. I think it was just the fact that a lot of the play, that that the system itself is not conducive to a lot of players. And as long as that is the case, United will always be exposed. Um, you know, and, and that's just the case with with Lindelof, Maguire. You just lack that pace in that central areas, and they just need their fullbacks to keep, keep you know, keep uh, you know, supporting them. That's what they need. So therefore, they always have they will always have a mistake or two in them. And the only question is whether they can survive those one or two mistakes. They couldn't today. Um, maybe in, and there'll be some games where they get lucky and they will survive. There will be other games where they won't. So. To me, it was a, it was a, a systemic failure in that defense. They do it again shows the lack of I mean of the the need for a proper CDM as well. I don't think Fred can play that role over a season. He can't. He can do it for a few games. He can do it against maybe some of the weaker teams. He can't do it against a good, uh, you know, decent opposition. Massively a decent opposition. Um, and they might very well be challenging for Europe this season. They might hope to at least they're looking for a top top half finish. So they did a good side and. Um, he just felt, he just felt that um, Fred is not going to be able to do that. So they do need a CD. I don't know who's, who that CDM is going to be because they haven't been linked to anyone, and that doesn't look like they're just all in on De Jong at the moment. So um, that's that's the issue for Villa. The one thing that I will say is I, I don't think you should be playing a four-one-two-one-two. A four-one-two-one-two works as a surprise formation when you're playing it as you know as a one-off in a game where you're trying to catch the opposition out in a certain way. It works. Playing it, you know, and it works in cup games. Playing it in like a regular season, it doesn't really work because you're kind of just stuck with two strikers that uh, either get too close to each other, which means that, you know, they can't really effectively uh, attack the defense or they get too wide or they get too pulled out together and they get too wide and split. So it's hard It's hard to play with that. I think a 4-3-3 works better uh, for, from Villa's point of view. And I think they also, you don't want Ings and Watkins starting together because then you don't have that pace, which I think they had in that second half with uh, Bailey. I think it just was uh, completely changed the game. So, I mean, it's preseason. Uh, results don't really count for much. I think it's more about the performances. I've been saying that all, all throughout the season, uh, so far all throughout the summer, that it's the performances that matter that we're going to analyze. We're not analyze, analyzing results. And I thought today's performance, uh, I think, showed a lot of the issues that United still have, which, which I, I, I've noticed those issues anyway. But I think today's uh, performance again show, showcased the issues that um, that exist. So let's see, let's see what happens. Uh, they're, they're going back to United, uh, going back to England now, and then they've got to play in Norway in Oslo, uh, where they're going to play uh, Atletico Madrid, and then that'll be a game to watch as well to see how they do in that one because um, that's going to be a stern test as well. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, please remember to smash, say, share your comments as you said. Let me know what you thought about the game because uh, it was a very tactically tactically intriguing game. And a lot of things would turn out to take back. Of course, hopefully it accelerates some transfer business as well. Um, but uh, let me know in the comments what you thought. Smash like as well for the game. I thought it was a, it was no it was a good preseason game. All things considered, I think it's, it was good. It was a good experience. And of course, remember to follow us on uh, YouTube and subscribe to our channel on uh, well, yes, yeah, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Facebook. Uh, you know, we always appreciate your support. Support, of course. There's some big news around Kunde that's happening, which we're following. I don't want to do a video right now on that, but we're following that and we'll see how that comes along. Um, but uh, we might do a video on that as well. So, please, so you know, subscribe and so you can notify it when that falls. Thank you so much for watching. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.